What's up, y'all? I'm Sky. And I'm Kamisha. Welcome to Multiversatility University. M-U. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on another episode of Multiversatility University. I am one of your hosts, Kamisha, and I am joined today by my co-host, Sky, and our guest, Mr. Darnell Epps. Darnell is a proud native of Baltimore, Maryland, currently residing in Cleveland, Ohio. As the director of Fair Play at Hawkins School, Lindhurst Campus, he works collaboratively with faculty and administrators, leading programming to create more equitable and inclusive spaces for all members of the school community. Prior to that, Darnell worked at Allegheny College, where he was the Associate Director of the Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, Access, and Social Justice Center. The Idea Center provides advocacy and support for historically underrepresented populations, including African American, Asian American, Pacific Islander, Hispanic and Latino, Native American and Indigenous peoples, as well as multicultural, low-income, first-generation, women, Muslim, Jewish, international, and LGBTQ communities. Additionally, Darnell has advised for the Brother to Brother program, the Queer People of Color meeting group, and co-led several programs at Allegheny College. Darnell earned his BS in music education from Lebanon Valley College and a Master's of Art in Music from Washington State University. He's passionate about music and currently serves as a pianist at the historic Mount Zion Congregational Church in Cleveland's University Circle. When he's not working or playing the piano, Darnell loves to travel, explore new restaurants with friends, and watch films. We are so grateful to invite Darnell to the mic and cannot wait to dive into our conversations together. We continue to dissect the um, events occurring around us both last year and this year. And as we were thinking about um, Insurrection 2021, it dawned on me that at some point within my life, there was a switch and a push towards participation trophies. Whereas I feel like when I grew up and definitely when my parents and grandparents grew up, there were victors and non-victors. There were winners and losers. Or even when you get into some individual athletic sports using like the Olympics as an example, there's a first place, a second place and a third place winner. And so, for me, it brought up feelings around how to lose gracefully or graciously and how when we look at competition within the classroom, whether it's a car game or a foot race, just the dynamics of that and how we handle the tension when perhaps um, someone struggles with not winning, so to say. So today, we just wanted to uh, kind of talk about that, especially the different levels of education and age groups and grade levels we work with, and how we can better avoid um, sort of like the things that happened on January 6th in terms of 
there was a winner and there was a loser and how we handle losing. So again, we want to thank Darnell for joining us today. And I'm just curious, what sort of like led you to want to contribute to this conversation when you think about specifically maybe like the work that you do with young people? Yeah, well, again, thank you for having me. I think I was intrigued by this idea of what we're really saying when we win and what that means when we, you know, dig down a little bit deeper. And maybe if there are ways that we can maybe reframe, you know, our thinking and some of the things that we teach about Mm -hmm. pertaining to winning and losing. So from what I've seen, you know, in my experiences, you know, when we win, that means you're more valuable, that you're more worthy. And when I think about what it means when someone loses, it it seems like we're saying you don't matter as much. You're not as valuable. You're not as worthy. And so how can we, um, how can we kind of tease out, you know, some of these kind of beliefs, you know, to say that, you know, hey, everybody has a bad day and it's okay to not win actually all the time and that you are still valuable. You're still worthy. You know, you're still worthy of love, you know, and dignity. So um, I think, again, I was intrigued by, you know, what, what does it mean, you know, to win? You know, what does it mean to lose and what are we really saying? Um, so that, that, those are some of the things that have kind of intrigued me and I'm excited to talk more about those with you all. I think it's interesting how you brought up the point of um, the when you don't win, how you're not as valued or you're not as important. Um, and I think as an educator, I that's a delicate balance. I feel as if we, um, and I'll just say me in particular, I do play games in my classroom that requires uh, a victor and a non-victor. And so, and I do that on purpose for this very reason. I do that um, as a lesson, but I also do that to show children that even if you don't win, guess what? I'm still going to, like, I'm still going to be your teacher. I still respect you. Your peers will still respect you. You just did not win this time. And sometimes, right, we don't win because there are mistakes that we have made And that's a whole nother lesson, teaching that mistakes are okay. And even in this game or competition or whatever it may be, you made these mistakes and that's okay. It may have cost you this, but let's let's take a look and let's prepare for next time. So I think there are so many lessons just within losing itself that if we teach them properly and early on enough that um, we can for lack of a better term, soften the blow of losing, like losing will happen, right? We know that. And so um, I think, but uh, uh, prepping children or prepping students with those skills early on will then kind of send them into a reflective um, state, right? About what happened, why they lost and what can I do better for next time? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it also uh, brought up for me, particularly because I work with the youngest scholars. And so in in some respects, especially particularly outside of the family, this might be their first time engaging in gameplay with others. 
which is very different at home because sometimes you have adults that may let you win. <laughs> you have adults that um, show you how to strategize, right? So for me, I play to win, whether you are three or 63. <laughs> and you're also going to have people that are overly competitive, right? Like I have a young student who will say, I'm going to win, you're going to lose, you know, like trash talking, like the whole, so it's, there's all these dynamics. And like you said, Sky, opportunities of how we direct that, because I mean, I think it's hilarious. I'm like, you know what? I talk trash too. So like, there's a way to talk trash properly and respectfully. There are ways to um, even, I don't want to say strategy because you know, you got to pay attention to your opponent. You got to look at Facebook. And I talk them through all of these things. And, and we're playing with all our cards down. So they're seeing my hand. I'm seeing their hand. And it's explaining to them how to organize their hand. It's explaining to them, you know what, if you play that draw four, you know, like this is what's going to happen. Or if you change the color to this and you see your opponent. So it's those kind of um, strategies. And I personally, it's one of my favorite things about uh, learning and teaching. Mm, no, I, I love that. And um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned, I think, Sky, you were talking about, you know, skills and, you know, you were drawing the distinction too. you know, there, there are consequences of Kamisha, you know, you were just talking about this as well, you know, so not that you plan, you know, to lose, um, but there are <laughs> strategies, you know, that you have to, you know, employ and there are things that you have to do, you know, um, to play, you know, competitively, you know, if you will. And so this idea of um, skills, uh, I really like. And in some ways, I was reading this article uh, just a, a little bit ago. Um, it's from the Every uh, Mom. Um, I believe it's Ojus Patel, you know, was talking about how losing and learning how to cope with those emotions, you know, are skills mm. that we also, you know, have to teach, you know, mm -hmm. um, children. We have to we have to continue to teach uh, young people, um, heck, older people <laughs> as well, <laughs> you know, um, because even when you've prepared your best, you've played your best, you've used the best strategy, you know, that you can, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, some, someone out, out strategizes you or, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just you just don't necessarily um, come out, you know, as the victor, despite all that you've done. And so we were teaching okay. students how to manage, you know, those emotions um, and being honest about it. I mean, losing sucks <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it really does. You know, I mean, whether it's a Uno game to, you know, you, I don't know, you playing Fortnite or, you know, it's a dance contest or what <laughs> Right. An election. You know. Election, you know. So, um, you know, definitely lots of things are at stake. But I think it's something that's very humanizing, too. You know, um, we're not always going to win and that's okay. And how do we acknowledge those emotions? You know, we, we can name it. You know, how do we process those? Um, and again, I think at the end of the day, you know, you're still valuable. You're still loved. Uh -huh. You are still worthy. Um, and I wonder if we communicated those messages early and often enough, if children will be mm -hmm. less afraid to take risks due mm -hmm. to fear of failure. I mean, I, here I stand, you know, at, um, in, in my mid thirties 
And I think even now about the opportunities I don't take advantage of because I'm afraid. Hmm. And I think of truly, it's like, okay, so what am I afraid of? And and lots of work with my therapist. Hmm. It's that fear of failure. And underneath that fear of failure is not being enough. It's not being worthy enough. It's not being fill in the blank enough. Mm-hmm. And, and so I wonder, if, again, if we continue just to instill in our children, you have value. No matter what you do, you are valued. You are enough. Do you want to strive? Absolutely. And here's some tools and skills, and we're going to help you to thrive. But whether you come out on top, I'm using air quotes, or in the middle, we still love you. We still see mm-hmm. you. We still affirm you. Mm-hmm. And so um, those are some of the things I'm becoming more and more curious about. I wonder what would, h- how we could change. And, and in some ways, I wonder if that would encourage students, you know, to explore even more, you know, not being afraid um, of not fulfilling someone's expectations or, um, you know, maybe not wanting to start because they don't want to fail. Cause that doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe can mm-hmm. we remove some of the stigma, you know, that I think in some ways in our culture is tied to work. Yeah. Yes. The things swirling around in my brain. <laughs> I oftentimes, um, I think about, so I, I'm currently teaching first grade, but um, I spent some time with uh, three-year-olds. And then last year I actually taught kindergarten. And so at my particular school, um, we teach them, you know, if you have a comment or things, raise your hand. And so for me, that is their first kind of uh, experience in a elementary classroom of losing, mm-hmm. quote unquote, right? Because mm-hmm. if the teacher asks a question, um, six students raise their hand this may be a chance where not everybody will get to share their thought or their answer, right? And so I've seen this where, um, you know, you call on students and you try to make it as fair as possible where, you know, you call on somebody differently every time, but you, you know, this particular child may have had this answer or this comment bubbling over and they don't get picked. Then what? Mm-hmm. Right. So I've seen this mm-hmm. kind of um, I've seen the tears. I've seen the shutdown. I've seen the well, I'm not going to raise my hand anymore because you <laughs> won't call on me. I've seen those. Right. And so I always um, like to take those opportunities to explain how there mm-hmm. are in that instance. There are many of us here. And so I know you have something super important to say. Thank you for wanting to share your answer. Um, I said, but right now it's this person's turn and next time you'll probably get a turn kind of thing. Right. And so just kind of starting that whole ordeal. And I, I think about um, when you said, uh, Darnell, how like even as as adults, like I recently experienced this where I was applying to doctoral programs and the one I really wanted told me no. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I was like, mm-hmm. well, how do I like I had to sit and really process, right? Because I instantaneously went to, oh, I'm not good enough. I instantaneously went to like, oh, now, mind you, I know this program is super competitive, okay? So let's, (laughs) right? So I knew that there was a possibility of me not, you know, making it, but I took the risk and I applied and did all the things and, and, and all of my paperwork was together and all of this, and I still didn't get in. And so I had to assess like, oh, like, wow, am I, I started that, those feelings of like, 
you know, you, you're, you can't even do this. Why even apply for a doctoral program? Mm-hmm. Like you're clearly not wow. ready for this kind of situation. And so um, to feel that as an adult, um, I can only imagine, mm-hmm. you know, what that feels like as a child. And so um, you, that was interesting that you brought up that point because as I was sitting here reflecting, I was like, man, I literally just went through that. <laughs> and I could see, I could see how, you know, <laughs> those feelings of, of you're not worthy will like, kind of instantaneously overtake you so yeah Mm. yeah as you both were talking some things that were swirling around for me was turn taking which i think about during our gathering times because you're right like especially like we're in reduced size classes now but typically when you've got you know 16 18 22 students Mm -hmm. it may be impossible to even allow 22 children to have the opportunity to speak in terms of the whole class right when you do small groups and breakouts and stuff like that you're encouraging and giving everybody an opportunity to speak so i think about that and then i also thought about when i was listening to you darnell i was thinking about grading Mm. and i was thinking about some of the repercussions of the pandemic in education last year and how many institutions did away with whether it was standardized testing, whether it was grading. Um, in the early years, we do more of narratives and portfolios, which I honestly think should continue throughout your academic career. But it really brought to mind for me, you know, going back to what you're saying about worthiness and, you know, whether it's failure, victim, winning, losing, just this whole, whole idea of, yeah, so what is the F versus a C, especially if I'm putting forth um, my effort? I recall as a student the first time I got a D and it was devastating. Mm-hmm. But to your point, it didn't make me any lesser than academically, socially. My parents didn't feel a different kind of way towards me. My friend, it's, it's just, it's this system we've created where the person that got the A and me getting the D, there has been this sort of like, um, I don't want to say division, but just this distinction. Mm-hmm. And what does that say? And what and what are we communicating to young people when we're doing, you know, like grades, for example? Mm. Wow, wow. Um, I. It, as you were talking, uh, Kamisha, I was just thinking, um, I went to one of my nephew's uh, online uh, achievement ceremonies. Uh, so he's in high school right now. Uh, shout out to my nephew. Um, so proud uh, <laughs> of, of him. My goodness. And uh, we went to the same high school. So it's so funny that we've got now nice. multiple generations <laughs> at the same high school. And I even recognized some of the teachers. I was like, oh, my God. Um, wow, so that's amazing. Long story, thank you. Long story short, um, the students were recognized um, for having a 3.5 GPA or higher. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. the longer you've had the GPA, the the you get the gold medal, kind of that medium rung silver medal. You know, maybe it's just your first year, you get the bronze medal. I totally get it in theory. Remember the honors mm-hmm. breakfast? You know. Remember, 
those types of things, you know, it's like, oh, I want to be in a program. Yeah. Oh, I want to get the asterisk by my name for the yeah. 4.0. And I, I certainly yeah. think they have value. I think it's important to celebrate and, you know, to affirm and especially, you know, to be a, you know, a young black boy, you know, 3.5, getting your medal. I mean, I took a screenshot. I mean, literally all they did was said that they said their names and they had a slide. I'm like taking all these screenshots. I'm sending it to people. Um <laughs> But, or, or, and I should say, oh God, where was I going with that? Yeah, there, there is that hierarchy, you know? And so, you know, to your point, Kamisha, you know, what if you're putting in, you know, your best effort and you're showing up and you're learning, but maybe that doesn't necessarily translate to that 3.5. And so you won't get your name called, you won't get a slide. You're not going to get a medal. And I think of what that does in terms of divisions and one's mentality, you know, what does that do to one's sense of Mm. self? And so now you aren't in that crew of the smart kids, if you will, Mm. you know, Um, and, and I remember being in high school, you know, we were in the same classes you know, we began to, okay, who's number one in the class? Who's number two? Who's number five? Mm-hmm. You know, and we were yeah. all up in that, that mindset and it became a part of my identity, who I was. And truthfully, I mean, I can talk about some of the things I learned, but I didn't really so much care about the learning. <laughs> I wanted to be at that honors breakfast. I wanted to make yep. sure, you know, I got mm-hmm. the accolades. And so um, I, I think about process. I think about the importance of attitude, um, effort, like if we shifted and to your point about kind of more narrative assessments, you know, what are the skills that we want for students? And so in the article that I was reading a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Patel talks about just really talking about one's disposition, one's attitude, one showing up, emphasizing the importance of effort, you know, and improving and getting better. And so really that process um, being just as important and in some ways more important than that final product. And so hopefully maybe it becomes less of, oh, these are the smart kids and, oh, well, I'm mm-hmm. just not, you know, I'm just not a smart mm-hmm. kid, you know? So, you know, so I can do away with recognitions, but I am saying that I wonder how different things would be, um, you know, if we did put more emphasis on, you know, those skills and, you know, showing up fully and, you know, I'm um, just really helping students, you know, to thrive um, beyond, you know, just the, 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 the letter grade, um, you know, if you will, and just really making it more developmental and focusing, you know, on skills and them being something that all students can attain, you know, and it's just not, again, the students are on the top and then everybody else. You know, Darnell, that really, um, so right now, so I did actually get into a doctoral program, <laughs> just not the one I wanted, my, not my mm-hmm. first choice. Congrats, congratulations. Um, <laughs> the one you're supposed to be in, obviously, the one you're supposed to be right, in. Right, exactly, the one I'm supposed to be in. <laughs> so I got into one, and right now we are, um, we're talking about standards. And so you, when you mentioned um, skills and um, kind of uh, progress and things of that nature, um, the first thing that popped into my mind were the standards that are set for various grade levels. Um, and so I, when I think about these standards, um, and I'm so grateful that my school, especially in the earlier years, um, we are still doing, even at like fourth grade, we're still doing 
um, narratives for report cards, right? Like there are loose grades, but like it weighs heavily on the narrative. Um, and so when I think about kind of the standards, um, I get that standards are supposed to drive teachers, drive educators um, forward in their curriculum. It's not the curriculum itself, but it's kind of like a guiding point. So we're like, this is where students should be by this particular point of the year, right? And um, I'm actually currently having this uh, debate with a colleague in class of mine right now about how I get the use of standards, but I think we, um, especially in your traditional school settings, we rely too much on the mm. standard, right? Mm. Like we, we, once you get to know your students and we all know that everybody's not going to come into your classroom in September on, you know, at the end of, for me, at the end, uh, where they need to be at the end of kindergarten so that I can then propel them forward. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In first grade, like you're going to get students that, you know, are not reading on a D level. You're going to get students that are still yet reading on an A. And like, how do I still make them feel worthy? Mm. Um, you know, because if we're going based upon standards or kind of like that, that honors breakfast, if you will, <laughs> like they're not going to make the honors mm. breakfast, right? Like mm. <laughs> they're just, but how do I still make them feel worthy? How do I still celebrate their progress? Because, um, Prime example, I do have students right now that didn't come in where they were, quote unquote, supposed to be at the end of kindergarten. Right. And so but however, they are making progress. They are um, their skills are <laughs> sharpening. They are developing um, skills. They are moving. They are growing. And it is evident. But they're not standardly, quote unquote, where they're supposed to be. So it's like, how do you um, especially in a traditional setting, I feel like. Um, in the independent school setting, it's a bit more flexible um, with that concept. Like, yes, we use standards, but we don't rely heavily on them. We are really about meeting students where they are and seeing that growth, whatever that may look like for that individual student. But like for um, your traditional uh, public schools or charter schools, how do we um, how do we not rely so so heavily on the standards? I'm not saying do away with them because I think they definitely have a place for sure. But how do we still um, celebrate that child's progress, celebrate their worthiness um, without making them feel less than? Because um, I came from a school pr uh, previous where, uh, you know, they were still failing kids, mm. right? Like we're still, you know, mm. you, okay, you didn't quite, make the mark so you know i need you to do second grade over i need you to do fourth grade over kind of thing so it's like where do where's that how do we balance that delicate line i feel like it's so delicate right like you i don't know it's just it's yes. rough yes <laughs> it's rough yes yeah as i was listening to both of you a few things that um have come to me are i was thinking about spectrums mm -hmm instead mm. of grading. I thought about a um, an identity project I saw a school in Chicago once where in the kindergarten classrooms, they had the students coming up with their own identifiers of yeah. success or achievements, I wanna say, or who they were. So it was things like, I'm a reader, I'm an artist, I'm a carer, I'm a mm. giver. 
Um, and then finally, it made me think about um, just this disconnect, I want to say, from early years to sometimes high school and college. Because in the early years, when we're thinking about small group work, we are thinking about mixing levels. We, we, we try to do a student that is more of the artist. So that could be your person who's, who's drawing the thing. And then you have your students that are verbose and always talking. So they get to maybe be the presenter for the group, which is very different from, um, I remember when I was in school, I distinctly remember mm. reading groups. And I want to say they were birds. Like, I feel like it was like the robins, the bluebirds. But I knew I was in the highest nice. group. Yes. And I knew who, you know what I'm saying? And you, you, I remember yep. that. And even as young, like, what is that, what is that saying, particularly for a child like me who was in the same school system from second to 12th grade? So you're getting to high school and A, you remember who was not in the highest reading group. You start to get into honors and AP class. You know, it's just this, I get, it is, I think it is division and divisiveness, but I wonder why we go from, like I said, early years where maybe you should have somebody that is a higher level reader with a mid-level reader with a lower level reader and this, this peer connection and peer tutoring and peer influence and how we, we drive that home so hard in younger years in elementary school sometimes. And then you start, it starts to be this, um, separation and even like both of you I know are in music it, it happens across, it happens in choir it happens in there's first yep. chair there's drum majors <laughs> this it's like so even if I'm not academically maybe the most talented what if I play an instrument but it's this whole there's always this sort of like are you the head cheerleader are you the captain of this are you first chair and it's just how do we again go back to so maybe you're not first chair, maybe you're not the drum major, but what is it about the way I play my instrument or what is it about my vocabilities or it's, it's interesting because we started talking about mm. winning versus losing, but I think there's also this space for back to, you know, what you said at the beginning, Darnell worthiness mm -hmm. so that, uh, you know, what happened again, January 6th, even though you lost, there should still be a takeaway, though, of what you do bring to the yep. table, what you bring to the classroom, what you bring to the country. Like, there is space for all of those dynamics. There is a space for a spectrum. I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, as I think about like what's important. We were just giving a session um, to some middle school teachers um, with my colleague and I, uh, who's a, um, a counselor, a school counselor, and, um, you know, doing a lot of uh, social emotional learning work. Um, Mark Brackett, I believe, you know, was talking about what are the essential skills mm -hmm. yeah. that we need to be teaching our students, you know? Um, and what are some of the essential skills? And I think just this idea, you know, of, really interrogating winners, losers. I think that's very important, you know, for us to do. Um, and then um, what's earned, 
what's deserved or like that entitlement, Mm. you know, too. I think that's Mm -hmm. something we also really need to work with our students on. Um, And, you know, Sky, you were talking about, you know, skills earlier too, you know. Um, And, you know, there are some reasons why you lose because you didn't put in the work and the time, you know, Mm -hmm. and the preparation. Um, And I think sometimes there is this... um, this feeling, oh, I should have won that. And it's like, well, well, why? <laughs> you know, um, and that, that does it. creep in, you know, um, that, that creeps in at the early years too, which again, I think is a prime time, you know, to begin to interrupt, you know, some of that. And we can put all different types of identifiers, you know, on top of that, whether it's race or class or gender, um, you know, oh, she's a girl. She, she, she shouldn't have done that. And it's like, hmm, well, let's talk about that. A, a little bit. And so in terms of the essential <laughs> skills and what it is that we're teaching, um, Kamisha, I think the way that the events have unfolded has really caused me, I know, and certainly my colleagues to think about like, okay, what is most important? You know, what lessons should we be focusing on? And, you know, this idea of losing, um, mm-hmm. again, it's hard, um, but it can really stimulate some deep reflection and really help us look closely at, okay, hmm, so this did not have the desired outcome. <laughs> you know, what have I learned, you know, about myself, yeah. you know, through this process? And I think if we start that young and, again, remove the mm-hmm. stigma, again, you're still loved and I'm going hard, you know, with with, with the love and the affirmation and the celebration. And, um, again, Kamisha, <laughs> you were talking, you know, um, about um, – you know, the tracking and the grades and, you know, uh, still just affirming where you are. Um, but just really being able to kind of tease out, you know, those, those lessons, you know, that you can learn um, early on to hopefully help students to be more forgiving and understanding of themselves, but then to also extend that grace, mm-hmm. you know, to others in a community, um, yeah, and I was in that, we, were, we were talking on the bench yesterday, uh, Kamisha. You know, um, we were reading the book, mm-hmm. the book uh, "Just Ask" um, by Supreme Court Justice uh, Sonia uh, Sotomayor, and you know, it was just giving. Uh, it was introducing students to stories, you know, about students who need different things to keep their bodies healthy. You know, they need different things mm-hmm. in order for them to learn. And, you know, just trying to say, you know, different is not bad. You know, difference just means, you know, we're unique. And each person, you know, may learn differently. They may process, you know, something differently. And just trying to be more empathetic and loving and kind, um, I think that will help us. Um, yeah, I'll pause. I've got a lot of thoughts <laughs> here, but yeah, just definitely, <laughs> definitely just that the, the, the early, doing it early and just really making this a skill, how to lose, how to do so, you know, with grace, how to do so, you know, with integrity. Um, and I just can't imagine, I just think we would be just lighter. <laughs> and I think we might enjoy the learning process mm. more. And again, just be more apt to take risks and to not be so afraid to make mistakes. Cause it's like, if you know, at the end of the day, like I'm still okay, I'm still a human, you know, I'm still Darnell, I'm still Sky, I'm still Kamisha, you know, <laughs> even if I've made a mistake yeah. or like, ooh, yeah, that was painful, but I know I'm going to mm-hmm. be all right. <laughs> so, Yep. 
building mm. resilience. Absolutely. That's so important. Um, I think um, as we even take a look at uh, social emotional curriculums and things, I think it's time to, uh, after January 6th, I think it's really time to reevaluate these curriculums. You know, if, if your school's <laughs> using one, does it really, are we really, you know, touching on these things? Are we really touching on winning and losing? Um, and I think mm-hmm. um, from time to time, we, the, the core, uh, core subjects, if you will, especially when you head into elementary school, I think the core subjects just always take precedence, right? Over all the things. Can the kids add? Can they read? And while those things are mm. extremely important because though those two things in particular lay like the, the groundwork for the other subjects for science and, and art and whatevs, I think we the pedestal that we put those core subjects on, I feel like we need to go ahead and put social emotional learning on. It they they don't it needs to be um teachers should not have to choose, okay, today am I going to, you know, finish up this math lesson, um, speed through it so I can get to this SEL? Like, no, I need you to be able to teach this this math lesson and give SEL the amount of time it needs because it's so important. And I feel like oftentimes it gets swept under the rug. I was at a school one time, they gave us 10 minutes for SEL. And I was like, what? By the time I get out the car, and give my my introductory spiel. I got three minutes left, you know, and so just just really. Um, and I take this time uh, at my current school. I we we take as much time as we need. Sometimes we have to even pause what we're doing because um, something organically will happen, and then it becomes a lesson, right? Um, and so it's just it's so important. Those those SEO skills are. so so important. And I know in, in more recent years, um, educators have been preaching this. This has been our message, our sermon. But I think mm-hmm. even now, um, after those events, it really shows because my in my mind, I was like, well, who was his uh-huh. early childhood teacher? Because, you know, they they may or may not have did him a disservice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, um, you know, what was was his family echoing? Uh, these, uh, whatever was taught at school is the family echoing. And I know that's a completely different subject, but it's, it's, it just goes back to show like that village, that teamwork. If we are as educators, if we are, um, presenting our students with these skills, with, um, how to process winning and losing, how to process, um, even because I was this kid, how to process even you're used to, you, you've won so much in your life and then you lose what is that like? Right. Um, I was that kid. I had to go through that process. I I had won so much or I was so used to being on top. And then I finally hit my losing season, if you will. And it was like, uh, what do you mean I lost? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about because I don't lose kind of thing. Um, and so, right. Like, and to, and to get children to understand, like they're, in essence, goes back to the the idea we started with. There will be times you will win, and you know it's great, and you're still an amazing person. And even when you lose, you are still yet an amazing person. Let's become reflective. Let's see what we can do better next time. And so I think that reflection piece is really um, super important there. 
so many great jump balls from what we're talking about podcast for another day. And I know we, we all just recently attended um, the National Association of Independent Schools People of Color Conference. And as I was listening to you, Sky, there was one session about how diversity, equity, and inclusion cannot be separate from SEL. They literally put, they were like diesel. Mm. And when I was, as you were talking, I saw a triangle that I feel like the foundation of the triangle needs to be diversity, equity, inclusion. Your next level is SEL and academics is at the Mm. top because particularly when we talk about early years, it's this, I always tell people that I am molding humanity, like humanness. And all that other stuff will come. That adding, subtracting, reading and writing, that's going to come. But if you don't know how to manage yourself emotionally, Mm -hmm. if you don't know how to interact with others, if you don't know how to commune, if you don't know how to be tolerant and respectful, in my mind, it doesn't matter if you have a 4.4 GPA. And then Darnell, going back to your nephew, and again, this might be a conversation for another day, it brought up for me the levels to it when we talk about, when we bring things like gender and race into it. Because as a young African-American child, I was I was taught that I needed to go above and mm-hmm. beyond. So 100% wasn't even enough. I needed to be at 110%. It needed to be gifted and talented. It needed to be the AP classes. It needs to be you're taking college courses in high school. Like we are, it is is not just be great. Mm. It is be the greatest. Mm -hmm. Be the GOAT. And you're even competing against your um, your other peers. So we're all getting this message at home. <laughs> and we're all like, um, and if it's not in the classroom, you do become this, well, I'm gonna be the best singer. I am gonna be the best instrumentalist. I'm gonna be the best artist. I'm gonna be the like the best photographer, the best like what can I do to mm. be at the top? Where can I be yep. at the top? Mm. Oh my gosh. I it, I love the pyramid example because you know, if you don't feel safe. If you don't feel like you belong, it's real hard to learn the content, you know? So, uh, Kamisha, I love mm-hmm. that framework. Um, and as you were both mm-hmm. talking and just, you know, uh, just talking about your stories, you know, I can think about what that desire to win, especially in high school, you know, to stay in the, the, the top performers, what that did. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about learning. I cared about getting the grade. I learned to play the game. Yep. I knew Miss, I'm not going to use a real name, but yep. um, you know, I, I learned that Miss, um, uh, Miss Sal, you just needed to have six pages. It had to be a certain font. And, you know, I, I, I yep. knew the games, yep. you know, I knew which teachers needed what. And so mm. the emphasis wasn't on that exploration and curiosity. And it was on playing the game to get the grade to Kamisha, to your point, to, you know, making sure it was above the 4.0. It was like, Ooh, I got a 4.2. I got a four, you know, cause of the AP classes, yep. you got, you know, the additional <laughs> point there. Um, and as I really stepped back, mm-hmm. that was like 
psychologically damaging. Um, and I think about the enjoyment that was lost. And again, I fast forward mm-hmm. to being in my mid thirties. Um, and Scott, thank you so much for your example about admissions. I'm learning how to lose y'all. I, I am literally learning how to lose and I'm learning how to be like, you know what? That's real. I'm still amazing. And I am still worthy of love. And you want to know something? It's so much more liberated. Don't get me wrong. I have my days when I'm like, whoa, I, I blew that. But it's not as scary. Yeah. And I have more fun. Yeah. I learn more. It's way more interesting. And so I'm like, good, great. We can, you know, it's like to the students, I want to say, yes, you got to learn to play the game and enjoy the process and and enjoy the ride. And again, Mm -hmm. you're still lovely and, you know, Mm -hmm. take a chance and pursue something that you might not be good at, (laughs) you know, but if you enjoy it, dig in, learn, explore. Um, And so I feel like there's a liberation as well. Um, And, you know, Kamisha, to your point about the identities, you know, this work twice as hard, you know, I think sometimes for black people is killing us because it's like, can we just be, (laughs) you know, can can I enjoy my life? And again, yes, practically we know we got it. We got to learn. We need the credentials. You know, we need to have the things to give us access. But I think along the way, and this is what I want to instill to my nephew, it's like, do that and Love your life. Love yourself. Mm -hmm. You want to go into philosophy? I'm like, you're a deep thinker, young brother. Take some philosophy classes. Wax philosophy, young brother. That's what I want to say while you're pursuing still. Go go hard on some English. You like to read. I think you need to delve in is what I'm, you know, kind of like secretly saying to him as well. It's like, you know, take that class and get into this literature (laughs) class too. Um, cause I think, yes, yeah, yes and, you know, because yes again, you know, yeah. we, we have to win at everything. And in some ways it's a matter of survival yeah. and it's like, I get that. Um, but I think again, I reflect that was only part of the story and nobody told me the other part. Nobody told me it's okay to make mistakes. Nobody taught me. Okay. So you put forth your best mm. and it still didn't turn out again. Let me give you a hug. I still love you. Again, I'm working through this in therapy. Um, but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, take care of yourself, you know? For sure. But like, I feel like this is yeah, what our yeah, students yeah. need, especially our black and brown students and I'll, especially our black, our young black males, you know, um, who are, you know, mm-hmm. those achievers. And again, mm-hmm. I think sometimes there isn't that grace, you know, to be able to, you know, make mistakes. It's not feasible to win at everything. Um, and so, yeah, we, we have to teach those things. And so I, that's a long winded, winded way of saying, I love the triangle framework because you need to be safe. You need to feel like, you know, you belong and you've got to have that, 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 that foundation of love and that, that, that you're good, you know? Yeah. I, uh, this is, uh, this might have to be a conversational series, but Darnell, as you were talking it made me think of Stacey Abrams because mm. she lost her race, mm-hmm. regardless of the, you know, the specifics and details. The bottom line is she lost. But then she went home, she sat in Shiva, mm. and she came back and she pivoted, mm. and she made others be victorious. Yep. 
it, it even like up, up leveled. And so that is definitely a place for a conversation about now you lost. Now what? Now what? Mm, yep. So you lost. So you lost. Now what? Because she could have just gone home and been like, so whatever you want to call it, sore loser. I quit. I got cheated. I got defeated. But she didn't. And we have her to thank for countless <laughs> situations we are in. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right a whole now. list. Litany um, <laughs> a whole, A whole list. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so I, I just, that struck me of this whole, like, she is, she lost the the thing kind of back to what you were saying sky like she didn't get into the the program she was applying she, she didn't get yep. the job she was wanting yep. really bad that she fought for that she um you know had maybe has been working towards her whole entire Facts. life but then she pivoted and in my opinion uh-huh. has done even more than what she would have done at that position. And it makes me think about how sometimes you get so caught mm-hmm. up in that one thing and don't realize that there's a even higher mm. purpose and higher, you know, ascension mm. for us. But we so caught up in I ain't win ah. this. So what Ooh. do you do? You know? And she just she's she's a shero for real. Like going back um again to what you say, Darnell, in terms of like love and worthiness i mean stacy for me is an example of okay you didn't get the guy you didn't get the job you didn't get you know whatever you didn't reach that level of achievement but now what you know kamisha that the first thing that popped into my mind as you were talking about her is there is purpose in your pivot and i'm gonna I'm let that hang out for a little bit I'll let that marinate. There is purpose let it sit, in your let pivot. It that thing that thing will preach though. But uh, <laughs> that was one. Uh, and two, Darnell, when you said try something that uh, you may not necessarily be good at, that's where I am right now. So I am at the end of my 20s and um, I'm, I'm in a season of try something you may <laughs> not necessarily be good at because I was just so used to, <laughs> I would, and then I got to a point to where I would only do things I was good at. Right, because who wants to fail? <laughs> Nobody wants to fail yeah. on, pr- you know what I mean? Like, so like, why would I even, you know, not I mean? on purpose? Like, why would not I set purpose. up myself to fail yes. when I know I'm, go- you know? So I am in a season. So I, I feel you, Darnell. I am there with you. I am in a season myself of do something that you mm. may not necessarily be good at, right? And so, and I think as you as you become an adult and you develop, I think it's important, right? It gives us that kind of um a space to fail forward um when you do things you're not good at right and you kind of you develop that muscle and you develop that resilience like okay i'm I'm going to do this i may not be the greatest at it but i'm going to do this anyway so then when you do fail right i i I view it as a as a practice realm if you will right right you do you do this thing that you know you're not necessarily good at and so there is right that that expectation that you probably will fail. And so it's like, ah, didn't go as well. So what can I do now, right? So that gives us that that kind of safe space to reflect. So then when it happens with something that you really want, 
right? And when it happens with something that you you felt like you deserve, then you it becomes your your natural your body's and your mind's natural response to go into reflection and then do the work or to uh, find purpose in your pivot. Absolutely, and it's like it's one of the greatest teachers, Sky. You know, if we open ourselves up to it, and I mean, I feel like the younger ages certainly it takes adults. You know, helping students, you know, to reframe and refocus, acknowledging the hurt. Absolutely, like woof, woof. That, that 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 big feelings. Yeah totally normal get it we need to cry we need let's cry let's go for a walk you know that and it can teach us so many things and oh god the pivot purpose in your pivot i mean talk about essential skills yeah teaching students how to pivot teaching students how to reflect um as you were talking sky i was thinking of the the saying um you know whatever you do be the best at it and I think maybe that should be whatever mm-hmm. you do, do your best mm. at it. You don't have to be the best because you're not necessarily, yeah. and that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, and then Kamisha, I think you you were yeah. saying it's at the very beginning. It's about being more human. And I feel like, we, we like you said yesterday, we lose mm. that as we get older, as the content, as the, you know, fill in the blank kind of uh, supersedes that or becomes more important, we forget what it is to be more human. And we become like these, I don't know, these machines, you know, that are just in pursuit of this achievement. And there's nothing wrong to have high achievement, but I think we, we, we forget about what it, those things that make us human and those things that help to um, cultivate empathy and understanding. And so I feel like just even this, having to have a conversation about how we need to learn how to lose better. Like losing is just part of being a human and being in the human experience. And it's like, we're forgetting that. And so it's something we have to be so intentional, you know, about at the end of the day to say, you know, I see you in all of who you are. Um, and to remember like that, that that's, that's part of life. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So it's that, that, that humanity piece of it. I'm, I'm parking on that for a bit. <laughs> yeah, this has been an exciting great conversation, agree. in my opinion. Um, I also, you know, I'm just going to end with, I feel like we have an opportunity to mm. develop a wow. framework of failure, a framework mm. for failure. Um, because you're right, it's just a part of the human experience experience and how how do you fail you know how do you fail well how do you Mm. fail exceptionally how do you fail maturely how do you fail humanely like how Mm. how to fail that's good that is good um wow okay i Uh, my final thoughts would just be, I'm, I'm just going to go back to the, the purpose and the pivot because that thing, that thing is really resting heavy on me. So uh, the, I am going to, my final thoughts would be there is purpose in your pivot. And so um, taking, uh, you know, that uh, whatever your framework of, for failure is at the, uh, you know, once you work through it and get to that end that, you know, you at you will have to pivot or you may have to pivot and you can find greater purpose in it for sure. 
So Darnell, we just want to say thank you. I definitely have to invite you back <laughs> for another conversation because this was so yes, was, indeed. Uh, this was delicious. Yes, so thank you so much, Darnell. Um, we appreciate you for coming. Um, yeah. You are most welcome. What an honor. Um, and as I was talking to Kanisha, I was a little nervous, you know, coming on today, fear of failure. Um, but just for the space that you all have cultivated, the warmth, the wisdom, and just for just the change you're making, you know, as educators, humbly from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. And it has been such a pleasure, you know, spending the morning with you all. For sure. As my colleagues have so eloquently stated, losing is a part of being a human. It is the human experience to lose. And while we are losing, we are to develop a framework for failure. This just means that we create a safe space. We create a um, a way to fail. We give uh, kids strategies. We give students um, a way to fail and to be okay. So as you... Um, Think about winning and losing and how it's a part of proper growth. Always remember that school is in session.